to Geek Sweat. I'm King Dom, and this is Hot Topic, where we talk about a subject of interest or controversy in the film business today. Joining me this week are TJ. Hello, and how do you do? I do very well. How are you doing, TJ? I'm not too bad. Good to hear it. And also joining me is Jamie. Hi. How are you doing, Jamie? I'm doing very well, thank you. Good to have you with us again. So we've got an interesting one this week. Netflix has announced in the first quarter of this year that they have lost 200,000 subscribers. Wow. That's a massive number, and this has affected their share price dramatically, and also surprised many observers in the industry who had no idea that the flagship streaming platform of streaming platforms was hemorrhaging subscribers at this rate. So what we're going to do today is we're going to look at how this might have happened and come up with some suggestions. So before we get into it properly, let's get a sense of where we're at with Netflix. I myself am a former subscriber of Netflix, so maybe I shouldn't be too surprised that it's losing customers. So um, let's ask you, Jay, are you a Netflix subscriber or were you ever a Netflix subscriber? Well... Not for a long time. I, I think, you know, I, I don't even own, own a TV anymore and I haven't had a TV for a very, very long time. So I, I've got a projector which is connected to a PlayStation. So um, even though I could watch Netflix on it, I prefer not to watch TV in general because I'd rather shoot things. Fair enough. Uh, on video games. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Of course. Yeah, of course, of course. And uh, TJ, what about you? Um, I was early to the DVD uh, subscription service Love Film, which became Amazon, and earlier on in, in Netflix arrival, I felt Netflix had all of the films that Amazon didn't. So I've been a Netflix subscriber for probably about it feels like ten years at the moment. Yeah. Right. So Netflix has been the preeminent streaming service for very long time um, have there been any standout shows for you along the way TJ um, I think the time where I was all in uh, up to my neck in Netflix was Breaking Bad I think there's a lot of people in that era where it was like there's Netflix 1.0 and I think Netflix 2.0 is everyone's heard about this series Breaking Bad it's pretty good but it's been switching around on at least in the UK different times on I think Channel 5 and then like Netflix just bought the series and it was just like you could just binge watch it. And that was like the first binge. You don't touch it. Just let Netflix roll into the next episode series. So, yeah, I was from the Breaking Bad days of Netflix. So that's the series for me. So that was like the crest of the wave. Mm. And um, Jay, were you in on Netflix at this point? No, I wasn't. Um, but then I've I've never been a huge TV watcher, like in terms of series and stuff like that. I've... <laughs> Sad to say, I tend to watch series just for geek sweat. <laughs> but, you know, and, and then it's a binge. So I, I, I understand the um, the attraction of being able to watch something, enjoy it, and then just keep on rolling, you know, episode to episode to episode. Um, for me, though, I, I think it it tends to be, if I'm going to do that, I'm going to drown in it. And then I'd just never see the light of day because I would just be having everything rolling over and over again and then on to the next, 
you know, um, big series onto the next one and next one. And so I think it's a very easy way to kind of like um, stay home and kind of do nothing, um, you know, in, in terms of time wasting. Um, but then, you know, I, I can't really talk because I'm a, I'm a gamer. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I, I would just prefer to, to game than, than sit there and just be a potato. Do you feel there's a correlation between the downfall of Netflix and the meaning of Netflix and chill? Because in the early days, Netflix and chill honestly meant going home with your friend or partner and watching something on Netflix. And now because of the internet, it now just means like cheap date sex. Maybe. But you know what I, you know, also what I think, think is, you know, they've said that, you know, they've made a net, net loss of 200,000 subscribers, right? Yeah. And they expect to lose another 2 million over the next three months or so. Mm. But this is post-COVID. Yeah. So I'm interested to know how many they had pre-COVID mm. um, because I'm, 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 I'm betting my money on it that a lot of these subscribers that they're losing are the ones that joined up during COVID because a lot of them were working from home. A lot of them couldn't go out. So what are you going to do? You, you, you're going to subscribe to something that's going to be cheap and cheerful and is going to kind of while your hours away. Mm. So one of the big problems with Netflix, is, which used to be its uh, shield of armour, is the 30-day subscription model, which is how they make their money. Now, initially, uh, they could bankroll future investments by saying this is the number of subscribers that we have and we're relying on a certain percentage of these subscribers not cancelling at the end of a month, which guarantees this amount of income uh, for the following month or two months. And I feel that we've crossed over into the period of people being more aware of their subscription services and expenditure over the last, let's say, 12 to 24 months. And Netflix may no longer be seen as the essential service that, or the, the service subscription service you can forget about because you can save up to probably 6 to £15 pounds just by cancelling it each month. And I think people may have cottoned on to that. And I think there's the other thing of Netflix is, for some people, it's a shareable account. Uh, it's not the thing that they want to hear, but if there are five friends in one small city, those five friends could potentially share the same Netflix account instead of it being five independent accounts. And it's the same with family members as well. Yeah. 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 I mean, I, I, I'm not surprised that um, password sharing is, is part of the problem. Mm-hmm. I don't doubt it. Um, but, you know, there are other things as well um, that you can can consider mm. and i do wonder if the quality that mm. they're pushing through is also worth um yeah. you know is is also causing the problem yeah. or part of the problem because i only hear about you know oh this is worth watching this is worth watching you know now and then mm. i don't have a huge number of titles being thrown at me. So that almost leads me to believe that actually in terms of quality, there's only a few, you know, series worth watching or, you know, or a few kind of movies that they've, they've produced that, that are, you know, worth taking note of, or perhaps um, it could be that there's so many that everyone is so saturated that um, they're, they're overwhelmed. And so they've decided actually, you know what, 
COVID is kind of like coming, not coming to an end, but it's, you know, the restrictions are lighter, we can go out. And actually, I'd prefer to go out rather than stay home and watch TV. Mm. Yeah, I mean, there's there's quite a lot going on. I mean, I think even the advent of film streaming platforms, because Netflix used to be in a market on its own, and now we can start thinking about other options such as Amazon Prime Video, Disney Plus, Hulu, Mubi even. So there's quite a lot of options out there. Yeah, so, so far we've kind of hit on maybe four separate things that have eaten into Netflix. So one is the file sharing thing. Another thing is the cost of living crisis with people making more effort to make savings than perhaps they were 18 months ago. And another thing is possibly it's reached saturation point. People have seen everything they want to see on the platform and they're not coming through with the new series. Mm. And um, the other one is increased competition. Yeah. Like you said, there's lots of other content providers out there. There's Apple TV, which has got some of its own big shows now. There's Disney Plus, which... Um, against some industry analysis has made a big entry into the market. Yeah, you've also got HBO Max, which are not just releasing their own content, but they're actually putting out cinema releases side by side with their streaming. Right, and um, in the UK, there's still the BBC iPlayer, which is still free if you've got a TV licence. But yeah, there's BBC America as well, so a lot of the iPlayer features and of content is now available to America, and I think a good example of this if I'm correct in saying it, is EastEnders and also what we do in the shadows. Right. So the iPlayer is bound by certain rules because the BBC is bound by certain rules. So I think it can't have a limitless back catalogue. It's restricted to programmes that have been broadcast on TV recently or within a certain time period. I can say uh, officially here that BBC iPlayer is a free streaming service that offers live and catch-up TV from all BBC channels. BBC iPlayer is exclusively available to UK residents, British expats living in US, Australia, Canada, Germany, UAE or Spain cannot watch any content on the BBC. There we go. So if you're in the UK, that is another option potentially Mm. so what we have is a situation where there is more choice and um, people have moved away from Netflix onto other streaming services in Mm. some cases Mm. which doesn't mean it's a limited market for streaming services we saw last year um, Quibi came and went they tried to enter the streaming market and crashed and burned so it's not a free for all so perhaps it's reaching a saturation point for everyone and um, these other ones taking a bite out of Netflix is just... um... Well, I'd like to come in on that because subscriptions still remain the company's main source of revenue and growth has slowed. And what we do know is that out of two key issues that have happened, Netflix has suspended its service and production with work in Russia after Russia's invasion of the Ukraine. But Netflix have also pumped money out of the company by recently acquiring Finnish mobile games developer Next Games for $68.3 million. So it seems like there's a closure of one part of the business, but they're still um, drip feeding money out of the business for future investment. And the breakdown of Netflix revenue is 43% of it comes from the United States and Canada. 33% of it comes from Europe, the Middle East and Africa, and 13% comes from Latin America and 11% from the Asia Pacific. But they've also come into criticism 
uh, for things like the production of The Power of the Dog, which is an Oscar-nominated film featuring Benedict Cumberbatch because it's an American Western that was primarily recorded in Australia, which doesn't have strong enough ties for some film critics with American Western history. And if we're talking about critical reception, Netflix entry into the film world has been controversial for a while. Mm. I believe Netflix films were banned from the Cannes Film Festival for a while and then Cannes relented, but that was a controversial move in itself. The presence of Netflix films at the Oscars was controversial. Mm. And in fact, uh, The Power of the Dog, which was touted to win the Best Picture Oscar, didn't in the end, which could be in part against a backlash against Netflix as well. Sure. So why were they excluded? Because Netflix is a TV service and um, the directors of the Cannes Film Festival didn't think that something that originated for a TV streaming service should be considered as a film. Right, so it has to be like a big screen movie for yeah. it to, to, to qualify. Yeah, and a good example of this, I think, is The Irishman, which was technically a TV. You could say it was a series because a lot of people are still trying to watch it in four parts. But um, The Irishman was filmed with greenlit funding from Netflix and it was originally due to be broadcast by Netflix but the workaround to make it an Oscar-nominated film was to change the Netflix release date and just put it in a cinema for a week and I think this happened with another black and white film that came out before Oh, it. Roma. Roma. So basically there's been a habitual effort of Netflix to say we've got this group of people together we're going to make this film we're going to fund it with our subscription money but one week before the release date on Netflix, we're going to put it in some specific cinemas for five days so we can qualify for an Oscars nomination and then it's going to be out for the rest of the year on Netflix. Hmm. So we could say that Netflix is not the most beloved channel with some film critics, some filmmakers. Hmm. They're like the Manchester City of, of filmmaking. They are the, the Manchester <laughs> City of filmmaking. Hmm. So another thing is the whole subscription model, um, which you could even argue is kind of a deception. It's akin to gyms that make their money from people who forget they're members of the gym. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And pay their monthly fee and never go. Yeah. So, Jamie, would you go as far as to say that um, the subscription model could be a bit immoral? Hmm, it's hard to say because, I mean, like, if any responsible adult who is actually looking after their their pockets especially I suppose when you've got so many people who were furloughed over COVID who couldn't work that kind of thing and now people can I wonder if there's an element of you know what I've I've, I've kind of been in this financial rut I need to cull things that are not actually necessary in my life and mm. every little bit that you can save can become um, worth doing, if you know what I mean. So mm. it could be then that people are looking at all of their outgoings and saying, actually, I, I haven't used this for the past three months now that I'm out and about. I haven't used this for however long. I, I really need to just move on from this. Um, and so, you know, when you look at that, you, you, you are going to say to yourself, what's the point of me paying for this? I mean, e even now with my Cineworld card, I'm thinking, you know what, how many times have I been to the cinema in the past six months? Mm. 
Hardly any, maybe three or four. Is it worthwhile me holding on to it at this point? Um, and for me now, it's kind of like, actually, you know what? I'm, I, I think I'm ready to, to let it go because I'm just not going back there as often as I should or, or could be. Um, and it's one of those things. I can always pick it up again later when I find myself in a better position to actually get my money's worth and actually enjoy it for what it's supposed to be. Um, and I wouldn't be surprised if that's the same thing with things like Netflix. And who's to say that, you know, Prime doesn't follow suit as well. You know, mm. Disney doesn't follow suit as well. HBO. Those are, you know, just because Netflix is losing subscribers doesn't mean the others won't follow. Mm. So I, I think it might be a, a global thing that is, you know, just starting to take traction. Because, as I said earlier, very possibly a lot of these subscribers that they're losing now are the ones who weren't subscribers pre-COVID anyway. Mm. And now that they're out and about, mm. now that they're kind of out of the off, um, out of the house and working in the office rather than from home, they don't see a need for it anymore. Mm. I mean, yeah, I mean, there's this element that we know Netflix because it's kind. Of, there was a boom in Netflix. There's that cultural access to art around the world in through film, and this idea that we're skipping over the hot potato that is commercial ad breaks. And I think now that we we we've been in isolation, it probably for some people it's like a dark chapter of a life. There might be some like emotional crutch moments of having Netflix in the background is a is a good distraction uh, for themselves and their family. But now people coming out the other side of it, yeah, it's kind of been relegated. But I do think um, I do feel that Netflix, like you said, it could be the tip of the iceberg. The only reason why we're saying Netflix has lost money is because um, it's the biggest thing to take the big, a small hit, perhaps. Yeah, but it's an, another thing that you you hit on earlier, um, or just just now, was that it's a family thing as well. So, mm. you know, a lot of people who were working at home with children need that babysitter. Yeah, and the the idiot box is mm. pretty much you know a very good babysitter you yeah. have something play and just leave the kids there while you you you, you work from home so um I, I think there's probably an element of that and now that the kids are going back to school mm. you don't really need that anymore mm. um so yeah it's a means to an end you know and it's no longer needed and you can take the babysitter into different rooms right with Netflix as well because exactly. of the portability of yeah. the devices. So the question is, um, Netflix seemed to be on a high during the pandemic mm. and um, even immediately after. Squid Game was another cultural moment, like Breaking Bad previously, mm. that everyone seemed to know about. And I think that was the most successful TV show that they've ever had. Yeah. So at that point, it seemed to be rising high. But... Was that the crest of the wave? Are we over Netflix now? Has that cultural moment moved on? I think one of the mistakes that Netflix may have made is the kind of stepping into people's password sharing activity. And I think there is an idea that whether they like it or not, Netflix is a library and sometimes people let other people borrow a library card. And whether it's a family member, next door neighbour or flatmate, and I think when Netflix started putting those um, login messages saying we've seen that this password has been used in a, in a different device on a different account, 
please can you make sure it's the same person I think that has kind of for some people has crossed the line because they don't want to get into the politics of whether their best friend should be allowed to uh, use their password or not so I think that may have been the fly in the ointment for them for that's led to this moment so you think that's a counterproductive thing that they did by cracking down on password sharing? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I just think maybe Netflix have... I think the ease of use, the ease of access, and the kind of the fact that it's just something that you have in the home is one thing. And I think some people don't like to be told what they're doing in their own home by uh, a global brand or corporation or yeah, I can see that point. And uh, Jamie, do you think there's room for an alternative model to a subscription service? No, I don't think there is, actually. I mean, like, you subscribe to something, you pay for it, you get that service. I mean, how many people share gym memberships? How many people share, you know, when Blockbuster was around and you had VHSs? Yeah. How many people shared those memberships? Um, I mean, I the thing is, with a membership, there's a certain cult- culpability. And, you know, you have certain kind of responsibilities to kind of protect yourself. Because, like, you, you give your password away and, you know, they can be... Actually, it probably doesn't work the same way with Netflix. But mm. you've got people, um, for example, with Sky. So subscription, yes. But then you also get people who share those passwords, but um, you've got the paid aspect as w- that is on top of the subscription as well. So mm. giving away your password means that other people can be spending your money, mm. right? And you're paying the bill. Mm. Um, and I feel that because Netflix lacks that, as yeah. far as I know, um, it opens the freedom. Mm. for people to share passwords because yeah. they're not afraid of people spending their money on paid purviews. Sure. Um, so, I mean, it, it's a hard one. I mean, like, Netflix is money, you know, money, value for money yeah. because, of, because it lacks that. Mm. So once you increase your subscription fees and um, crack down on password sharing, it's mm. no longer attractive. Yeah, I think one of the things that Netflix provide might be guaranteed HD streaming or ultra HD, ultra 4K streaming if you upgrade your service. But um, I think one of the key issues is maybe the the branding consideration because apparently Reed Hastings, which I think is, uh, I'm not sure who the guy is or if it's a company, but basically the statement was six years ago, they were Netflix was saying, we love people sharing Netflix. And now we're at a stage where... It's estimated up to 100 million people are sharing each other's accounts and passwords. So, yeah, Reed Hastings is the chief executive of Netflix. So, And it's a situation where maybe Netflix have hit the, the peak of how many possible subscribers they could have from the market share. And they've not planned to how do you maintain this level of the market share because... Now that HBO Max, Disney Plus, Hulu, etc. exist, they'll never get 100% of the market. They'll never get 75% of the market. But they should have been happy with their 33% or 28% of the market share. But they haven't planned for that. So anything else now is a loss. 
Right, so I'm just going to read to you some upcoming programs on Netflix, and you can tell me if you think this is the kind of thing that will get people back to the channel. Okay. So coming up in April, we've got Bullshit, the game show. If you've been eager for another Howie Mandel-based game show, you're in luck. Bullshit is a trivia show with a twist allowing contestants to win money even if they don't have the correct answer, but can convince their opponents that they do. Hmm. And that's a Canadian comedian who I think was on a kind of Britain's Got America's Got Talent type of show. He was on yeah. the actual America's Got Talent. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, not type. Okay, who's next? Who's next? Uh, well, that's not worthy of a comment. The Mystery of Marilyn Monroe, The Unheard Tapes. Okay, so the most famous person in the world who's probably had the most documentaries about her has another documentary. Ozark Season 4. Okay, we can live with that. Okay, coming up in May, The Circle. Netflix reality competition about people sitting alone in an apartment, chatting with others who may or may not be who they say they are via the show's eponymous social media platform. Will new spicy twists? Okay, that will do. That will <laughs> yeah. do. We got. Yeah. We get it. We get it. It sounds like it's. It's. They've. It sounds. It feels like Netflix have picked up the shows that Quibi had to drop because they went bankrupt. Maybe they did. Do you feel there's? It's possible that there are former Quibi employees at Netflix. Maybe <laughs> taking it down from within. Yeah. With their Quibiness. Okay, coming up in May, forty-two days of darkness. Netflix's first ever original from Chile is a dark mystery about a woman who will stop at nothing to find her missing sister, even when she becomes the focus of a media circus. That sounds like a different version of... Uh, is it Gone Girl? Could be. Yeah. Wow, this one's a little creepy. Our Father, new documentary. The chilling story is about a fertility doctor who inseminated his patients with his own sperm without their knowledge or consent for years. Oh, that's, that was in the in the news. Um, that's a documentary. A few, yeah, it was in the news a few few months ago, actually. Yeah. Mm. I mean, Netflix seems to have this kind of formulaic shock jock reality documentary. Like, because mm. what was the last one that was come out? It was um, the Tinder Swindler. Oh yeah, that um, was uh, one of the like big shows that they people were talking about recently. Yeah, and it feels like the Tinder Swindlers kind of took the slot or the the crown of um, the Tiger King for a little while. So it seems that it has this formula. Formula. Yeah. Yeah, the Shock Doc documentary. Also coming up, Bling Empire. This reality series about ultra wealthy Asian Americans in LA returns for a second season. Didn't even know it had a first. There we are. So perhaps this tells its own story, at least in the upcoming two months, that the quality of producing high-end flagship shows mm. isn't quite there at the moment. Yeah. I mean, I don't think... I mean, Stranger Things and The Ozark are definitely high-quality original uh, shows. I'm not sure if they're, if Netflix is pumping out anything on that level anymore. It's hard to say. I mean, I mean, sex education is, I mean, it was pointed out in our own episode that it's a very interesting show. It's very colourful, but it panders to an American market because British um, high schools do not really exist like that across the board. So sex education is obviously made for an international market, whereas Squid Game 
I feel that they kind of lucked out getting Squid Game. It didn't feel like an intentional, we're going to start all of these top quality uh, Korean shows. So I feel like, yeah, maybe they're, they, they've they uh, come to the end of their lucky rope, as it were, in terms of having the best shows. Maybe they've just run out of ideas or ideas that they can keep afloat for long periods of time. Because what it comes down to, if, if they're producing series where they can do one season after the other after the other and it goes for 10 years, fantastic. But if you're only going to do a series and it lasts one or two seasons... Um, and it only lasts one or two seasons because you've run out of ideas and the audience has lost, has lost interest, there's a problem there. Mm-hmm. So uh, at the end of the day, they really need to f- come up with a new formula that, that works all the time. And I think that's very difficult to do. And I guess it's hard for any studio to sustain maximum cultural relevance for more than a decade. For example, the first decade of Pixar was hit after hit, and then it went to films that were less acclaimed and less popular. So perhaps the same thing is happening with Netflix. So, final points. Jay, do you think Netflix can regain its cultural moment? Does it have to, or is that the end of this being at the forefront of how we consume TV? You know what, I, I think they just need to kind of up the ante um, and just change and and move things around a bit. Because, you know, the, the reasons they're losing subscribers, we've kind of outlined, and it's a bit of everything. Um, and I think if they address quality, then you're going to get the subscribers back. Mm. Um, I think that's a big thing is quality because, um, you know... <laughs> It's hard to get a film or to to produce a film that everybody likes. Mm. It's even harder to get a series that everybody likes. Um, But I also think that when you spread yourself too thinly, you you just need to find something that you do really well. And I think they've lost sight of that. Mm. Interesting. And TJ, what what are your final thoughts? Um, Bringing it back to what we said about Manchester City... um, Professional football clubs have had their cycles. They've been the great teams of Leeds United, Liverpool, Arsenal, Manchester United, Arsenal again, and then um, and now Manchester and um, Chelsea, then Manchester City. And I think what we might have to come to understand with streaming platforms is maybe it's Disney's time now, Disney's Plus's time, because they've got things like Moon Knight, uh, Star Wars, Kenobi's coming out. Um, they seem to have a lot of different shows. FX has had its moment with Atlanta. Um, and maybe it's just a thing where we might just have to understand that certain streaming platforms, it's their time to be the streaming platform with the best shows. And maybe it's Netflix's time to step down from their cycle and come back again maybe five years later. Mm. Interesting closing thoughts there. So thank you for joining me for this um, look at the possible demise at least for now of netflix tj uh yeah thanks for having me really appreciate it ciao for now always a pleasure and thank you also for joining me jay hey thanks for having me you are very very welcome i've been king dom this has been hot topic on geek sweat join us soon for more geek sweat 